When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally nyc. Really was the perfect marriage of between two passion Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. I have another guest with me today. This is Nadia. Hi, everyone. Nadia, do you want to tell everyone kind of who you are, your little elevator pitch? What do you Ooh, do? Elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. Well, first, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. So my name is Nadja Bailey. I am a research attorney supporting Cardozo and NYU law schools. Uh, I've been with Lexis now for about eight years. And in my role, I work with faculty, staff, and students to support research training and really help students prepare to be more effective in practice. Mm-hmm. I've actually gone to quite a few of her trainings and they're really helpful. I learned so many new things that you can do on Lexus, which is why we have her here today to share that with all of you. Um, Because for those of you that don't know, most law schools give you access to Lexus. So it's a free resource that you get to use in law school and they have so many cool things you can do on it. So Nadja, tell us, where did you go to law school? And how long have you been in New York? How did you end up here? So uh, I've been a lifelong New Yorker. I went to law school at Fordham. And my career path has been a little interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Right after law school, I joined one of the large law firms here in New York City. And it was great. Erin, don't get me wrong. I worked (laughs) with wonderful people. I learned a lot. But after a few years, I realized that big law probably wasn't going to be the right fit long term. So that's when I really started to reflect and ask myself, okay, why did I go to law school in the first place? What was it that I imagined doing with my law degree? And I started exploring different practice areas and different types of legal employers because throughout law school and up until that point, big law was all I knew. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the course of that exploration, I found so many different and interesting avenues and opportunities, things just that had never been on my radar before. And 
I got the idea of how cool would it be to pay this forward to the next generation, to help the next crop of attorneys do that type of self-reflection and exploration and career planning while they're still students. So that led me to join the Office of Career Planning at New York Law School, and I was a career counselor there. And I was there for about five years, and I worked primarily with 1Ls and eventually became uh, a DNI director there. And I loved it. It was incredibly fulfilling and fun. But I was there about five years, and then I, I really started missing... Uh, some aspects of practice, specifically research. I've always kind of been a research geek. I love kind of finding the answers, sifting through everything and, you know, finding that nugget that just makes everything make sense. Uh, and that's how I ended up working at Lexus. It just really was the perfect marriage of between two passions, you know, working with law students, helping them, you know, figure it out and legal research. And I've been with Lexus now for this is my eighth year and no backward glances. I love that. I'm always so interested in hearing people's different career paths when I have them come on the podcast, because you might assume just meeting them, you're like, oh, this is what they've always done. But then you find out that they've done a lot of different things. But your career path is so interesting because you kind of found, like you said, that like marriage of the two things mm -hmm. that you liked. And I love that. And now you do get to help like students out while they're in law school with like job searches as you guys will find out later. We'll do another episode about like the job search tools on Lexus. But um, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the law school experience, it's, you know, it kind of goes by in a blur. And if you don't stop to really pick your head up and look down the road and have some, you know, goals and really invest the time to explore what your passions are, you could wake up, you know, five years into a career that you never wanted to begin with. And then it's really hard to readjust. So doing that kind of self-reflection, that exploration early on, I just think is so important and so helpful. Have you been doing that? I have. No, that's fantastic advice. I really have been doing that a lot more so since I went to this conference that um, it was called Empire State of Law. I don't know if you heard about it at all. I won't give a I can tell you more about it later, but it was like more focused towards legal creators. So it was like a combination of the legal world and like content creation and social media. And after going to that, I was thinking more. I was like, I really don't think I want like a traditional like nine to five, like midsize or big law firm. So um, I've been fighting with that in my brain now for like months of like, what do I want to do? I mean, that's huge because, you know, I think that, you know, the career counselors do a great job, but not all students engage with them to really see yeah. what else is there besides the traditional paths. Mm -hmm. So you kind of think that a law firm is all there is, and there's so much else out there. So I think it's absolutely fabulous that you're seeing that. And I hope that you're spreading the word. Yeah, I absolutely am. That's my favorite thing to do on here. Because when I started the podcast, I was like, big law or bust. I was like, I know I want, I don't want to do it long term. But I think I want to do it like five years, like make a lot of money and then transition somewhere. But now that I'm looking at it more, I'm thinking, oh, I don't even like have to do that. Like I can just choose to start somewhere else. I don't have to kind of put up with something that I don't want when there's so many other options out there. Definitely. And I think that law schools, you know, the culture is really to promote large law. You know, there's that big push for on-campus interviewing, things yes. like that. And, you know, it's such a small slice 
of students who do end up in those positions. And I think that it's really unhelpful when they get the thought that, okay, it's that or bust, you know, because it can be very disheartening if, you know, you don't have that GPA or you don't get that call back. You can be left feeling like, oh gosh, I did something wrong or, oh gosh, my future is tanked. And that's Mm -hmm. so could not be farther from the truth. So I think getting that awareness that there are so many different avenues to pursue that can lead to fulfilling successful career paths is so important. Yeah, that's fantastic advice as well. I, so after doing my first year, I actually didn't end up with the GPA that I wanted or thought I would, but I kind of took that as like kind of confirmation that I wasn't meant for the big law world. I was like, I could do it. I'd have to work really hard to get to it now from this GPA, but I took it as a, you were already considering not doing it. So maybe this is the sign that like, it's not, it's not meant to be. And then I've learned about so many other options since then. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) And a great way to learn about those options is to connect with the alumni base. So, you know, when you're doing the career episode, you know, definitely let me know because Lexis has one of the largest online databases of attorneys. Um, And we can do searches to find uh, Cardozo alum working in your fields of interest, working in your cities of interest, and they are your warmest base of contact. So it's a great way to, you know, see what's out there, make some warm contacts and create opportunities for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely have you back for that episode. That'll be fantastic. Um, Okay, before we dive into like the Lexus tools that we're going to share, do you want to give just like your three best tips for law students overall? What like what are three things you wish you knew in law school? It could be going off of what you said, like kind of summarizing, condensing, but the three big takeaways. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, Gosh, that's hard. Okay, number one is and gosh these are these are probably all like not at all focused on academics but you know thinking back to my law school career um the most important things for me were you know finding my tribe you know find your people and you know i think that's been so tough in the last couple years with covid you know being remote um, you know, I really felt for 1Ls to not be in person because those students that I had all of my 1L classes with, they became some of my closest friends. And having that support system during law school was such a lifeline. And then once you get out of law school, having your network and being able to build from that initial crew is, is really, really helpful. So as much as you want to focus on academics, and yes, of course, academics, Focus on people too, because that's very much part of the experience. Um, Second tip would be um, figure out what resources are available and use them. Uh, I think that I went it alone a lot in law school to my own detriment. You know, there are so many support systems, you know, we're going to go through some um, study supports that you can utilize on Lexis, but, you know, most schools have an academic success coordinator or dean who can review your brief with you. Um, There are 1L mentors from student groups. You know, I I think it's really important to make sure you're not an island and make sure that you are connected with, know about, and are making use of all of the resources that surround you. So really investigate that and and benefit from it. Uh, My third tip would be enjoy it. 
enjoy the experience because law school, it can be overwhelming, it can be a lot of work, it can be very stressful, um, but there is nothing like student life. You know, once you're out in the working world, you're in the working world. <laughs> and I wish that I had soaked up how lovely it is to be a student. I wish that I had gone out and explored the city more, you know, gone to plays, laid out in the park. You know, you're young in one of the most amazing dynamic cities in the world. So make good use of this time. Get out of the library. <laughs> Those are great tips. I feel like you really kind of summarized all the really important things in law school. And I agree with the connections one. I was so glad that my first year was not remote because I know the year prior to mine, those that started in 2020, not 2021, like they were fully remote for the entire year. And I, I don't think I could have done that. Like my friends are kind of how I made it through finals mm -hmm. because we would support each other. We could just complain to each other or we would share resources that we got from different people. So, um, 8%. I feel like that's such an important one. And I feel bad for people that didn't have that their first year because then they were kind of still finding their way their second year when they should have been able to just focus on other things at that point. So Definitely. it's tough. Okay. All right. Well, on the, but on the other hand, you know, always trying to find the silver lining. I think yeah. that folks that did start fully remote, they did develop a, a new skill set. You know, learning how to navigate things like Zoom. I mean, I worked with so many 1Ls that that fall, and they were doing so many cool things. They were doing those, this, God, I'm going to show my, there's like this meetup app, and they would have like small sessions, and they were just getting very creative. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I love the ingenuity. I love the, the desire there. And these are all skills because I don't think, the workforce is ever going to go back to the way it was pre-COVID. You know, digital life is now integrated. And these students got a crash course. And I think that they're leading the way now with how many different ways we can use um, online media to connect. Yeah, that's honestly so true because they were kind of thrown into that. Um, so we'll see them because those students will be graduating this, this year. Yeah, they'll be graduating this like the end of this academic year so we'll kind of see how they kind of put those to use in their their adult jobs <laughs> as I like to call them yes I mean you guys are going to have a big leg up on you know my generation I mean mm -hmm. the transition to hybrid working environments you know all these kind of zoom meetings it's so foreign to mm -hmm. those of us that just did not have these resources yeah. coming up and with you guys, it's second nature. So I do think that's going to be a huge advantage in the working world. Yeah, that's honestly so true. And we kind of see how that's changing, even in the big and mid-sized firms. With the firms that I have like interviewed with um, for OCI, I asked them all about, like, do you think it's going to stay hybrid, remote? Will you be fully back in person? And kind of the answer from all of them was that they have to keep that hybrid model because it's now something that my generation is looking for. So if they don't offer it, then we'll likely just go to other firms. So Definitely. yeah, so it's interesting to see that shift. Definitely. All right, okay. So we will transition into all the fun resources now.
right, everybody. So it's time to go into those resources. Tell us, what can we do on Lexus? What are the biggest things? So I figured, you know, since it's the start of the fall semester, um, everyone right now is really focusing on their doctrinal classes, reading for cases, being prepared to be cold called in class and, you know, wanting to walk in there feeling like you have your sea legs. So reading your cases and understanding them and being able to retain those key facts and issues and being able to discuss them, that's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, We have professional law school case briefs for every single assigned reading in your doctrinal classes. And it kills me that folks don't know what's out there. So I'm so thrilled to have this chance to be able to uh, show you how to access them. So, sorry, just to interrupt, for those of you listening, you can watch this and see what Nadia is talking about. If you go to YouTube, we'll have the video up there so you can reference it. So from your law school homepage, you can retrieve any case in your case book by just typing in the citation. So let's say I've been assigned the famous Hamer v. Sidway case. I'm pretty sure every 1L in contracts reads this at some point. Um, at the top, underneath the party names, you'll see this big blue button, the law school case break. When you click on that, you'll be pulled into a page that gives you a professional law school case brief. These are prepared by our attorney editors. Basically went through the entire course syllabus for contracts, the 1L contracts class, pulled out all of the assigned cases and briefed it for you. And we lay it out in the traditional law school brief way, the rule, the facts, the issue, answer, and conclusion. I wouldn't suggest, and I'm not suggesting reading this in place of reading and trying to brief um, your own cases, because I do think trying to produce your own case brief is a great way to learn, a great way to absorb the material. But some of these cases are very confusing. Some of them are very dense. You know, I remember in law school, I would read a 10-page case, and it would take me about six hours. And by the end of it, I would have no idea what I just read. (laughs) And it was very, very frustrating. So A great tip is to pull up the law school case brief, read through this briefing to kind of prime your mind about what to expect and what to be on the lookout for, and then go in and read it in your case book. And then you can come back here, do another read through and really lock in that knowledge. And then of course, you know, if you fall behind one week, you know, life gets crazy. This is a great way to supplement Uh, your own efforts in case briefing. Yes, I I agree with that tip of the read the case brief first and then read the case after Um, because I was doing it the other way at first. Like I would read a case and be like, I don't understand this, but I would force my way through the whole thing and then look at a brief. But then I didn't absorb anything that I read because it was just so far out there and I had like no context when I was going through it. So I think reading the case brief first can be really helpful. Definitely. Agreed. Um, In addition to the law school case brief, on the left-hand side of every case in Lexis, you have your document navigation pan, and you'll see the LexisNexis headnotes. 
are one of the sections of the document. <laughs> yes, I'm a big, I big love the head notes. <laughs> I love head notes. So if anyone's not familiar, the Lexus head notes pull out the key holdings, the key points of law from any given case. And I usually stress head notes for open universe research assignments because these are very powerful research tools. Because as you're finding cases, when you find ones that have the relevant holdings that you need, you need more of it, right? You want to find additional similar authority citing to the applicable point of law. And the headnotes make that research as easy as possible, literally one click, more like this headnote, the system closes the loop for you. So if I clicked more like this headnote, the system would scan every other case in our database and pull back the closed universe of case law citing to this specific point of law. So and I actually didn't know that tool. I didn't know that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. If anyone else doesn't know about more like this head note, keep an eye out for my training calendar. I'm starting memo training uh, later in September and we are going to cover head notes in detail. I love that. Yeah. Yes. I knew about the basics of what the head notes were, but I never noticed the more like this head note tool or I didn't realize what it would do. That's okay. I love that tool because, you know, if anyone was like me, I was a very nervous researcher. I would craft my search strings, but I would always drive myself crazy wondering, did I use the right terms? Did I use the right connectors? You know, Boolean searching it can be tricky and it's something that it's not intuitive. And so especially as a first year student, I always worried myself sick about whether or not I got my searches right and whether or not I caught everything out there. And the more like this headnote feature kind of calms that anxiety because I don't need a search string that's going to pull back everything. As long as I find one or two or a handful of cases that have the points of law that I need, I know I have this button to do the rest of the work for me. With one click, the system is taking the language in that holding, running its own Boolean search and pulling back all similar cases. So I can kind of like rest easy knowing, all right, I've caught everything out there. I've casted a wide enough net, I'm covered. So it's a way of kind of double checking your own research yeah. strings. Yeah, I love that. More to come on that, definitely. As memo season approaches, as folks get their open universe assignments, keep an eye out for our memo trainings because we go through this in, in lots of detail. So exciting. I'll be there. <laughs> love it. Love it. But Headnotes were also super helpful for class prep, at least, at least I found that to be the case. Because again, the headnotes are pulling out the core holdings, the central legal topics. Um, and it's a great way to reinforce your understanding of a case. So again, if I read a 10 page case and at the end of it, I feel like I'm coming out of a fog and I'm like, what was the takeaway here? What was I supposed to actually walk away knowing? What is the black letter law? I have a list that bullet points the black letter law and to make sure that I really understand, okay, these consideration is consideration sufficient. Like these are the central holdings from the Hamer v. Sidway case. And I would say easily 80% of all in-class questions that your professor is going to throw at you are going to be from here. So I would always suggest, you know, skimming through this before you walk into your class, just to make sure all of those big points of law are fresh and you can spit back an answer. That's so smart. <laughs> and, and another plug for pulling up your assigned cases on the system. You know, let's say my professor is asking about 
this holding, you know, what's sufficient consideration? This is just going to give me the bullet point black letter law. But if there's a conversation around it, I want to see the context. And rather than flipping through my casebook and trying to find where that point of law is being discussed in like a really dense case, I have nifty navigation. So if I know this is the holding, this is the point of law being discussed, I can hit my down arrow and it drops me directly to the place in that opinion where that holding is being discussed and I can follow along. That's what I've been using headnotes for. When I do my research and I see that that's in there, I'm like, okay, what part of the case is it in? Exactly. And if you'll notice, mine is marked up because you can do this as well. So, you know, if my professor is harping on specific language, that's going to tell me, hey, this is probably going to come up on an exam. This is probably stuff that I really need to pay uh, specific attention to. So I can go ahead and highlight whatever's being discussed. I can annotate, add in my own notes, and then save that. And then that way, when I sit down to compile my outline at the end of the semester, I have the most important pieces of the cases pulled out. I have my notes and I'm good to go. And I've also spared my casebook being marked up and I can resell it. Mm -hmm. We love that. (laughs) We love to resell our books at the end. (laughs) So that's my pitch for pulling up all of your assigned cases on Lexis. You can use that law school case brief. You can mark it up. You have the head notes that are going to help reinforce the the core holdings. Uh, But that's case by case. Mm -hmm. What about the course as a whole? If you feel like you're drowning in, you know, contracts, you're just not understanding the general concepts, Mm -hmm. um, what do you do? Video study guides are so, so helpful. Um, And actually, for anyone doing CivPro, we have an entire library of video guides. Um, if you go to law school resources under tools and resources, this will take you into our practice center and practice centers were really developed for attorneys because it pulls out all of our buckets of materials by jurisdiction or practice area. So if I know I'm practicing New York litigation, I can click into the New York practice center and that'll pull out all of my buckets of New York cases, statutes, admin material, legal news. So I can kind of dive into the subset of materials that I need quickly and cut out a lot of the white noise. It's just a, the most direct pathway to the material you need. Mm-hmm. Which is what we so, want. We want the most direct pathway. <laughs> all about efficiency. But we just added a new pod for you guys, law schools. So we have now practice centers for all of the 1L doctrinal classes and a handful of upper level classes. We're adding in additional upper upper excuse me, upper level classes, but we have all of the 1L classes here. So let's say I'm in Civ Pro and I don't know what's going on. I could come in here and go to my Civ Pro practice center and I'm going to find first my outline. And outlines are fantastic because they give you such a clear but comprehensive explanation of black letter law. And it goes through topic by topic. And what I love about this is it's all hyperlinked. You know, because it's a lot, it's 170 pages of outlining. But as I'm going through unit by unit, week by week, I can kind of dive into the specific topic that, you know, my class is on or that I'm getting lost on. And it hyperlinks me directly to the place in the outline where that's being discussed. And it's just such a clear explanation. You know, if you're having trouble 
sorting through the classroom discussions. You know, I remember when I was in law school, our classroom discussions went so off the rails so many times. At the end of class, I would be like, wait, what was I supposed to learn today? <laughs> like, yeah. What is governing law? I don't, I don't get it. Because a lot of students ask like, what if questions and this crazy hypo and this exception, and it can get very confusing. And this just gives you clear cut answers. And then we have, of course, the case brief bank. Mm-hmm. And what I love the most are the selected key topics. So with every class, we've gone through the syllabus, picked out the units. So under jurisdiction, personal jurisdiction, everything like that. We've identified the most helpful study guide, um, explanatory resource, video. Um, to help love videos. <laughs> Let me click into this one. Let's see if this is a video, a video guide or... So this gives me, yep, a video explaining subject matter jurisdiction, amount, and controversy. So I can play this and get that clear explanation. And I also love switching up, you know, the format because a lot of us are visual learners. So having a video with kind of graphics Mm -hmm. um, can be really helpful. Yeah, I know for me, I found videos really helpful. Like I always recommend people watch the Quimby videos, Um, but now I know Lexus has them too just because having like a three minute video about a topic or about a case that just kind of sums it up with like, I don't know, like visuals to look at, whether it's words on the screen or like a cartoon of what happened. It just kind of helps you really see the case better instead of just trying to understand the words on your own. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. So that is the practice centers by course. And again, all the one courses are there. So, you know, if I'm struggling in, in contracts, comma, go into those practice center pages, you'll get your case briefs, your outline, and all of the topics broken down. We also have resource centers by class. So if I'm a 1L, I can go into the 1L resource center. And this basically compiles all the resources we have on our system for that specific class in one place. So you're gonna have all of your class and exam prep materials. So your case brief bank, your belt lines, uh, all of your doctrinal classes right there. And then we also have all of these resources for the memo and brief assignment. You know, um, that can be daunting. If you've never done open universe research before, your first rodeo can be a lot. Yep. So, <laughs> to, yeah, so we wanted to pull out some tips some guides, you know, how to do IRAC, you know, some sample briefs, how to blue book and properly cite your authority, how to create your TOA, how to check your research. All of that is right there. We also look forward to the spring semester when you're doing oral argument. You know, uh, not everyone loves public speaking, especially when you are publicly speaking to a hot bench that is just rapid firing questions at you. It can be a little little much. So so we have some guides to help you, um, you know, workshop that and feel more confident. We have uh, a database to help you find contract templates. You know, pretty much every 1L has to do a contract drafting exercise in the spring semester. You don't want to start from scratch. We have millions of contract um, templates sample language, um, various clauses that you can pull from and pick from to springboard your own drafting assignment. When it comes to starting your summer job search, which most 1Ls are gonna be digging into over the winter break, 
how do you get started? You know, how do you start researching employers? How do you prepare for the interview? How do you start transforming your undergrad resume into a legal resume? All that kind of good stuff. Uh, and then we also have rewards. I hope that folks out there know that Lexis has an Earn While You Learn program. You know, because these learning skills are so important and are so fundamental to practice, we really do want to encourage and support students to invest time developing these skills. So we are rewarding you for doing what hopefully you would be doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Every training you come to, you get a $5 gift card. Every time you log into the system and run a search, you get reward points. Every 350 points is a $5 gift card and it adds up, you know, that can be your Christmas you know, gift money or, you know, uh, a new espresso machine at the end of the year. Um, it really is a nice little treat. Yeah. I just got a $50 Starbucks gift card with my points. Finally cashed them in. <laughs> I, that's, I think, what everyone goes to, staying caffeinated. Yeah, yeah nice. that's literally where my drink is from today. It's from my Lexus Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Love it. And then last, the support. This, I feel like if you forget everything else. Remember that with Lexus, you're never alone. Not only do you have in-house support, so every law school has its own research attorney to support you guys, but you also have access to a 24-7 helpline. We have an army of research attorneys standing by literally all day, all night, every single day of the year to help you when you need it. So, um, you know, for me, not in even in law school, even in practice, mm-hmm. they saved my butt so many times, saved my sanity. You know, yeah. sometimes you need someone to kind of talk through searches and get ideas of other places to look and knowing that there's someone on the other end of that line anytime I need it was such a comfort. Yeah, no, I didn't know about that. Um, And I saw on the screen you had there, it said chat with an attorney too. Is that mm-hmm. during certain hours? Is it just the phone line that's 24? You know, I love that live chat option because, you know, sometimes you're in the library and you can't talk or, you know, if you're a summer associate, you might be sharing an office and maybe you don't want your office mate to hear you ask like a very basic question. <laughs> this is a nice discreet way you can chat with an attorney anytime, type in your questions. And I love that option because our attorneys can send you search strings. They can send you links into documents. So it just makes it really easy to get the information you need. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I didn't know that was there, but um, I will be using it now. <laughs> and really quickly, let me just also point out if there are any um, upper level students. Yeah. In. We also have a 2L and 3L resource center that's more geared to um, what you guys will be focusing on. Again, we have your case brief, Frank, all of your upper level doctrinal classes, and we're adding to these um, constantly all of your outlines for um, class prep. And then, you know, once you get to be a 2L and 3L, you're taking a deeper dive into the career planning piece of it. You know, you're, you're hopefully exploring practice areas. Hopefully you are building your network. So we have a more robust um, uh, array of uh, resources to support that. And if we chat again when you're doing your career episode, I'd love to take you through these. Yeah, no, that'll be amazing. We'll have you go through all of those when we do the career episode. Um, for listeners, I think we're going to do that like near around December, probably, because I feel like that's when one else start looking. Um, so I think we'll probably do that around like November, December is when we'll have that episode out. Love it. Yeah, that'll be great to go through. Okay. Do you have any more Lexus things you want to point out 
Those are the main ones, you know, the case briefs, the law school resources pod, again, all of your 1L classes, upper level classes, as well as the 1L, 2L, 3L resource centers. Um, you know, the whole idea is putting all of this in one place. So it's easy to find, easy to navigate. And if you do have any questions, please feel free to reach out to your school's Lexis research attorney, anyone from Cardoza, NYU. I am here and, you know, in-house with you guys and always have, happy to help. Yeah, no, amazing. Those were all great tips. I've looked through them myself a bit. Now I actually understand what they are and how it works now that you've explained it. So- Super helpful. Everybody listening, definitely take advantage of all the resources. Um, yeah, these are all amazing. I'm especially going to check out the videos now. <laughs> now that I know Lexus has the video explanations, I will be all over those. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, if that's all you have about Lexus, we'll just do our two little segments that we do at the end of every episode. So the first segment is called the how to be a better person segment, and it's a tip of either like a sustainability thing to do this week, a place to donate to, um, could be like a volunteer thing, something good that you can just do for people just to like make their day better. So just what's a tip? What would you tell people to do this week to be a better person? I can give an example first. Sure. Um, so an example of one that we've done before is like, donating that dollar when you're like checking out somewhere and it says, do you want to like round up or do you want to donate a dollar to this place? Just like donate a dollar. So that's an example of something. Hmm. I mean, I love that. Um, okay. How about I tell you what someone did for me that really um, feel better about life? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to in, in a while, she reached out to me and she asked me, what made me smile this week? And it was such a simple question, but it really touched me because one, the fact that she cares about what's making me happy yeah. and what's warming my heart. And then two, it really did make me reflect and ask myself, what did make me feel lighter and brighter this week? And I got that, you know, rush thinking of what did make me happy. And I had a moment of kind of gratefulness, like there, there's a lot good in my life. And it's nice to kind of take stock of that and to be able to share it with someone who cares. Yeah. So I think that's a lovely question to ask people in your world. Yeah, I love that. That's a question that I don't think I've ever gotten. But I feel like that's a good way to put it. Um, when you're just checking in with someone, like, what made you smile? And it does make you think about it. So then you're like, oh, like, that feels good to think about the things that made me smile, like all the good things. Okay. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to start asking people that question when I see them. Okay. I love it. That's a great And the world needs more smiles. Yes, definitely. We always need more smiles. <laughs> okay. Our second segment that we do is just a fun tip of something to do in your city. It can be a place. It can be an activity. You're in New York. So um, what's one of your favorite places to go or things to do in New York? I'm a big walker. Okay. I love walking. Um, I would prefer hiking, but there's not that much hiking in New York City. So I will stick with walking. Um, 
And I just love getting lost in the city. You know, I have kind of a walking route that I always do. I, I go over to the High Line. I get on at 33rd and 10th, walk all the way down, and then hop off and go over to the Hudson and then down to Battery Park. And then I kind of wind my way back up the city to Midtown. And I walk that path pretty much every day. Pretty much every day that I have time, you know, it's like a two and a half hour loop that I do. Mm -hmm. And even though I walk the same path every day, there's always something new to see. And that's what I love about the city and walking in the city. There's just so much to explore. You will never see the same thing over and over and over again. So that would be my advice. Um, you know, it's great to like go to a bar and go to a restaurant and, you know, jump in the subway and get there or cab it back. Walk get lost walking in the city and do it now because this is the perfect walking weather. I mean, September, October, there's nothing better to do than wander around the city. I absolutely love that. That's, I'm going to have to try that walkout. It sounds like a nice loop to do. I'll have to mm -hmm. try it out. But that's honestly so true to point out that even if it's the same walk every time, there's always something new because New York is ever-changing different people different things always always love I, this. I love it and it is walking season so everybody take your walks now it is walking season yeah yeah mm -hmm. and it's not going to last long because the cold weather is going to roll in quick and then it doesn't leave yep. until <laughs> yeah nope then it doesn't leave until like that and, and then we just hide inside for those months exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, this was so much fun to have you, Nadia. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. And I hope to be back. And anyone out there who wants more information, has questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know you don't have like social accounts where you post things, but does Lexis have an Instagram at this point or anything where people could follow along for mm -hmm. tips? So on the law school homepage, this is where you'll find the contact information for your um, your school's uh, research attorney. Perfect. And at the bottom, you'll have all of our social. Thanks. Okay, perfect. Amazing. So if you guys go to the Lexus website, you can find all of the socials to follow along. Okay, amazing. And then you all know you can follow the podcast. It's Legally NYC Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And then you can follow me, Lindsay 13 on Instagram and TikTok as well. All right. Thank you again for coming, Nadia. This was so much fun. My pleasure. Bye, Erin. Bye.